broadcast from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, December 4th, 2011. Great Expectations, The Family Tree. That's pretty emotional to look at, actually, for me. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you and we praise you and we invite you here right now. Thank you for showing up while we sang songs to you. And as we sit in our seats to focus on your word found in scripture. Almighty God, help us set aside the agenda for the day, set aside the worries of the day so that we can focus on what you would want to say to each one of us, knowing that the message might be different across the board. But God, it overwhelms us that you know each one of us, every hair on our head, every, every thought, every need. And so we thank you and we praise you today and for your word found in scripture. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The family tree, not the one set up in your house for the holiday. Today, we're going to be talking about genealogy, the family tree that shows uh, the ancestors, the relatives, where someone comes from, what tribe they belong to, so to speak. It's interesting how this has evolved over the years. I mean, today there are a lot of internet sites that we can go to to explore our family tree. You know, genealogybank.com, ancestry.com. Some are free, some cost money, but it's to help us all figure out, find out who we are, where we've come from, what the branches of our family tree look like. The family tree. It seems that... Nowadays, uh, often we're kind of less tuned in, less connected with our extended family. It seems in days gone by, many times your cousins were almost as close as your siblings since often the extended family lived in close proximity. You know, maybe it was the next farm or maybe if you were in town, it was on the same block, maybe even next door or even in the city. I was talking to a guy from church not long ago and he grew up here in Middletown and his cousin lived same street. I think it was right next door. Well, his cousin is is like a brother to him, uh, unlike many of us where we have cousins living far away. Nowadays, we're so much more transient. There's a lot more movement, uh, a lot more distance often between members of families. Relations like second cousins and such sometimes are difficult to keep track of. A couple of months ago, I discovered that a pastor, from a Methodist pastor we've known for years, um, and, and his brother, who is a, a heart doctor that many in our congregation have seen, it turns out that, um, that uh, uh, they are a family. Uh, surprise, surprise. His, their um, their uh, great-grandmother is the sister of my grandmother. If you've ever heard the expression, second cousin once removed, that's what it is. And that's what we are. Who would have known that, that we're part of the same family tree? So if you see Chris Pennington or Pastor or Reverend Joe, Dr. Joe, say, hey, I heard you're related to Alan Jones. Yeah. I don't even know if Joe knows that yet. That's going to be very interesting. <laughs> Especially if I ever need them, I'm going to look up and say, thank you, you're related to us. So, okay. Why is this family tree 
stuff so important? Why do we even care? Well, maybe it's because we all have this basic longing to know who we are, to know where we've come from, to know where our roots are. We have this basic longing, this, this basic need. The interesting thing is, is that although we have all these internet capabilities, you know, Facebook and you know, stuff with our phone and, and Twitter and, you know, the social networks, I don't know about you, but I feel even farther away because the internet stuff just doesn't cut it. We have this basic longing to know who we are and to be together, these family connections that really are very, very important. Being able to trace one's family tree, family line, is nothing new. Um, Seems like people have been doing it virtually from the beginning of humankind. If you look in the book of Genesis and look in chapter 5, there's a family tree there that traces the line from Noah back to Adam. And, And later in Scripture, once the Hebrew nation is established, it's crucial to be able to trace your heritage, to know from which of the 12 tribes you came. Those 12 tribes are the roots of the nation of Israel, and knowing which root of the tree one comes from or one came from was extremely, extremely important. We find this in a couple of places in the Old Testament where the prophetic word, God used prophets, God's word through humans to tell the truth about the future, good or bad, (laughs) We find that the prophetic word gives us insight as to the tribe from which the Messiah, Jesus, would come from. The first book of the Bible is Genesis, and almost at the very end of Genesis, in chapter 49, we find Jacob. And Jacob gathers his 12 sons around him, whom the 12 tribes of Israel will descend. Here's what Jacob says to his son named Judah. He says this, he says, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. Wow. You know, it is from the nation of Judah, we see it right here, where the ultimate ruler will come, from which the scepter of power will not depart. The obedience of the nations shall be his. On one hand, David, the greatest earthly king, David, the greatest earthly king that the nation of Israel ever knew, came from the tribe of Judah. Ultimately, the greatest king of all, king of kings, lord of lords, Jesus the Christ, the one whom we celebrate at Christmas, he too comes from the same tribe of Judah. 
And it is he, it is Jesus, to whom the ruler's staff belongs. And it is to him that the obedience of the nations shall be directed. Later on, um, the prophet Isaiah, who, who we talked about last week, he lived about 700 years before Jesus. Isaiah gives a prophetic picture of the one who is to come. Here's what he shares. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Hmm. Have you ever seen when a tree is cut down, it's just a stump? But then you, began to be, you begin to see maybe a shoot here or a shoot there. There's life that comes out of the tree, new life, same roots, new tree. Well, that's the image that the prophet Isaiah gives us. Jesse is David's father. He is from the tribe of Judah, Jesse's family tree. Judah, the nation of Judah is just a stump after it falls to Babylon. It was conquered. And some 400 years after David was king, that's when that happened. And so, as we shared last week, Isaiah gives this prophecy of this occurrence over 100 years before it ever happens. That's just incredible to think about. And he also prophesies that from this stump, what is left of the family of Jesse, of David, of Judah, that a new shoot will come up. A new shoot will be born. And that shoot is in the person of Jesus the Christ, the Savior of the world. Amen. And Jesus will have the spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and power and knowledge. And will fear the Lord, his Father, God. What a description we have. What a description we have of the birth of who we prepared for. Why we're here today as we prepare our hearts for the Christ child to come. Thanks to the prophetic word such as this, the Hebrew people. It was written for the Hebrew people. They had great expectations for hundreds and hundreds of years before the Messiah, before Jesus ever was born in Bethlehem. And then the prophet Isaiah continues as he shares this. He says, he, the one he was just talking about, he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. In that day, the root of Jesse 
will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nation will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. Amen. Another incredible picture that the prophet Isaiah paints for us. A picture of a world as it will be in the future. It looks a whole lot like paradise to me. The wolf will lie down, will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. Looks like everybody's going to get along. (laughs) What an incredible picture of a world restored. A people redeemed by the one who comes by from the stump of Jesse, the family of David, the house of Judah, and it is none other than Jesus, the Savior of the world, who comes from this lineage, from this genealogy. We're talking about Jesus' family tree. Mm. And so that's been from the Old Testament. We turn to the New And we find there are two gospel stories. The gospels now are those four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, talk about Jesus, what he did, what he said, how he lived. Two of those gospel stories, we get to see the family tree of Jesus. Now, in the one, Matthew, his lineage is traced back through David, through Jesse, all the way back to Abraham. That's where it stops, with Abraham. Now, see, there's a reason there. Matthew is writing for a Jewish audience. He's writing with the Jews in mind. And so it's important that Jesus' line get traced back to the one who started it all, Abraham. Remember when God promised that he would be the father of many nations, that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky, as sand on the beach. And that's where ultimately where the nation of Israel hearkens back to Abraham. And so Matthew takes the line right back to him. Then we turn to Luke, the gospel writer, Luke, and he gives us a family tree, the family tree of Jesus. This tree also includes Jesse and David, putting Jesus in the tribe of Judah. But Luke shares with us that his genealogy goes all the way back to Adam, to Adam. Wow. Now, this makes a lot of sense since Luke is writing to a different audience, not just the Jews, but to everybody else, to the Gentiles, those who weren't Jewish. And so what this means is that there's a universality to this. That means that each one of us now are included in this family line. And I don't know about you, but this is good news to me. Amen? This is such good news to us because Jesus has kinship, not just to the Jews in the line of Judah, but to every single person on the planet, years past and years to come and right now. Everyone is included in Jesus' family tree because we all are from the seed of Adam. And so you're probably thinking, oh, that's real interesting. We had a little history lesson today and a little genealogy, Bible genealogy lesson. So what's that got to do with me here, 2011, almost 2012? Well, <laughs> funny you should ask. The people had great expectations of the one who would come. 
the one who would come from the tribe of Judah, from the stump of Jesse, from the family of David, one who would be their salvation. They waited, and they waited, and they waited, and they waited with great, great, great expectation. And finally, as we sang earlier, the Lion of Judah, Jesus, came. And now, you and I, unless we're Jewish, we're not part of that tribe of Judah, therefore not part of that family tree, at least not by blood. And yet, and yet we have been promised something so incredible, so life-changing. I'd like to read to you Galatians 3:28 and 29. This is really important stuff for each one of us here today. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. Okay, say the rest with me. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And so then in Christ, as it says, if you belong to Christ, in Christ then we are related. And here's the really cool thing. We're related by blood. By blood. His blood. Amen. There's blood he shed on the cross. That's what brings us together. And thanks to that blood, we've been adopted. Many of us say, gosh, I didn't realize I was adopted. Yes, yes, we have all been. All been adopted, adopted into the fam- the capital T family. And it doesn't matter, as we say here, if we're Jew or Gentile, male or female, a slave or free. It doesn't matter who we are. None of that matters when we are in Christ Jesus the Lord. We're in the family. Isn't that cool? We're in the family. Even though we can't trace ourselves back to Judah like Jesus could, we don't have to. Because Jesus takes care of that for us. When we have accepted, when we belong to Christ, as it says here, accepted him as our Lord and Savior, we get a whole new family, a whole new family tree. And what a tree that is. What an incredible tree that is. We're family with Jesus, the Holy Son of the living God. We belong to him. Here it is. We are heirs. See, when you were an heir, that means you inherit. Mm. We inherit all the promises that Jesus made. We inherit all that Jesus has to offer. We inherit a life in Christ, which means that we are no longer alone. We are, no, we are accepted. We are included. And here's the ultimate. We are forgiven. Christ is risen, and we shall be too. Through this inheritance, we're connected, (laughs) connected to him and the life he offers. A life of living and giving, a life of serving, a life of sharing, caring, and daring. Sharing what we have, caring for those around us, daring to step out in faith. 
we inherit a life of eternity with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen and amen. For hundreds and hundreds of years, people had great expectations, great expectations of the one who would come, the shoot from the stump of Jesse. Those expectations were realized in the person of Jesus when Jesus was born. And we too have great expectations as we look forward to everything that Christ has for our lives. That we are, as Alan said, that we are never alone. That we can have peace in the midst of terrific challenges. That we can face the future unafraid. Great expectations of how wonderful life is because we've been grafted onto the family tree, our new family tree. And in that scripture, it said, belong to Jesus. You might say, well, what does that mean to belong? Well, what that means is that you've accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And some of you might be saying, well, yeah, well, I belong. Well, amen, you're, you're part of that family tree. And some others might be saying, well, I'm not so sure I am. Well, that's okay. You've got the opportunity. Today, during communion, get on your knees. Or if you can't get on your knees, sit in your chair. If you can't sit in your chair, stand up. <laughs> and, and, and it's pretty simple. All you got to do is tell him, say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. He already, it's not like he doesn't know it. It's, actually, it's for your own sake to admit it. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And I can't save myself. And I know that you're the Savior and you're the one who's come and to save me. You're the one we celebrate here December 25th who came to save me and the world. And then all you got to do is invite him into your life. Say, Jesus, you know, I'd really like to be a part of your family tree. Please graft me onto your tree. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And today I would say, I encourage you, today's the day. If you're not on that tree, why wait? Why would you want to wait? Don't put it off. During the communion, the steps are open. Pray. If you'd like somebody to help you pray with you, back in the corner there, a couple of people back there would just love to walk you through that idea of in, uh, how we're sinners in need of a Savior and how we can graft on to that tree of the living Christ. That's the good news of Jesus. Let's live it. Let's pray. Holy God. Wow. Great story. But it's not just a story. It's real. Real life that you have invited us to be a part of that tree, that you've invited us, allowed us to be adopted, invited us to be grafted onto that tree through Christ. Please help us to be open to those possibilities. Please help us to be open to accepting the Holy One as our Lord and Savior, that we might be forgiven, that we might spend eternity with you. It's in his name and in the power of your Holy Spirit we pray and all Connection Church said. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.